What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. Hello, my loves. February, dude. I am so excited. I get happy when we get closer and closer to spring, even though where I live, February and March is a bit of an apocalypse when it comes to snow, shall we say. But every day is one day closer to not having the ability, uh, gamble of being snowed in. Ah, such is life. But today I want to talk to you about some uh, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodging that I've been doing when it comes to my business strategy for 2021. And some of it's kind of embarrassing because uh, most of it is just learning how to be a better, uh, I don't know, less egotistical, I guess. So let me just start with, we're going to cover three things that I have changed my mind on that I'm really focusing hard on this year for my business. And uh, let's start with the ego one. When I say I want to lose my ego when it comes to business, what I found is when I'm taking a class or uh, listening to somebody, what invariably starts happening in my head is I'll kind of default to, oh, I know that. Oh, I know that too. Oh, obviously you're going to do that. And I realized, unfortunately, the hard way that I do that a lot where I know something and I know that I know something, but I never actually have done any of the implementation about that thing. So uh, I can't think <laughs> off the top of my head. So let me give you uh, an example of one that would be really embarrassing, but I actually have done this. But just to give you like what I'm talking about. So let's say that I know as a marketer that it is my job to figure out who my target audience is. And I know that I know that I should figure out my demographics and the age group and the what they love, what they don't love and all of that stuff. And I know that I'm really smart. I'm such a smart marketer. Obviously, I know that. Have I ever done that? Have I sat down and written out my target demographic and put it on paper and said, like, this is definitively the person that I am targeting? Again, luckily, that is something that I have done because then I would be a horrible marketer and you should never hire me. But 
it was just stuff like that. Like, uh, I know that I should create, I don't know, quarterly goals and stick to them. Or I know I should focus on one promotional thing or something, you know, like stuff like that. I know that I should spend time building sales funnels and then I would just never do it. So that's something that I'm working on this year is just getting rid of my ego and say, yes, I know a lot of stuff, but have I done a lot of these things? Have I actually implemented the things that I know? Or am I just being a, a, I don't know, baby in the corner thinking about, I know that you're already telling me things I know. Have I done those things that I know? That's been eye-opening, unfortunately. (laughs) And it's something that I really want to just kind of like instill in my mind of, Yes, Megan, you are super experienced with marketing and you know business strategy and you've helped so many people, blah, blah, blah. But have you actually done this for yourself? So that's the number one thing that is in my head that is definitely changing this year. The second is to hire a publicist. And the last time I had a publicist was when I was running my skincare company, which was... I think I closed it in 2015. Does that sound right? So six years since I've had a publicist and my former publicist, uh, Mikey rocks of rocks, paper, rock, scissors. If you ever find him, uh, I definitely recommend hiring him. He was great. He was absolutely fantastic, but it's just, I got so tired of sending samples and doing like just, I don't know. It, I felt like in this business, I didn't need PR as much as I did for a product-based business. And so it was just sort of something that I didn't want to invest in. I didn't want to do anything like that. I wanted to just work on organic marketing and stay away from paying for, um, pay to play. Like I'm not against paying for advertising or things like that, but I hate the idea of having to, pay for play. It it just, I, I very much go against it, but I knew that the amount of growth that my platform, if you want to call it that has had, isn't where I want it to be yet. And that's not for lack of trying. It's just for lack of time and effort. So I guess maybe it is lack of trying, but do you know what I mean? Like I just, You'll hear a a talk from a great publicist named Tracy Lamori in a couple of weeks who talk, we talk about Harrow a lot through that. And Harrow is help a reporter out. It's an email, it's free, that goes out three times a day. And it's just uh, reporters looking for pitches on stuff. Like I'm writing an article about, I don't know, 10 cat friendly toys or something like that. And send me your pitch, which sounds amazing, right? Like, oh my God, three times a day, I just get all of these new opportunities. And it is great if you have the time for it. I don't, I've signed up for Harrow. I've signed up for Harrow multiple times and I have just wasted those emails. I like, they just, they came too much. There was hundreds of pitches potential pitches that I could do every day. And I just didn't have the time. So I never did it. And I wasted that opportunity. So now 
I am hiring a publicist to handle all of that for me. And so that way I can get on more podcasts, help more people, um, do more articles, you know, whatever to get the message out there about my brand. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, she started. Hey guys, Megan here. Just a reminder, I have regular Q&A episodes coming out. So if you want your questions answered, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question, all one word, and you'll be able to get your question posted. And if I feature it, you will get a copy, a free copy of my book, Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your Business. So again, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question. And if your question gets featured, I'm sending you a free copy of my book as a thank you. two weeks ago, I think, and I've booked a couple of podcast episodes already. So that's good. But um, will it keep going? Who can say? But also, in terms of investing, and I don't want to say this as a not going to happen, because it probably will happen. But I've been thinking a lot about who I want to invest in with um, my business this year. And is it coaches? Is it staff? Is it, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but I just felt like this year, what I really wanted to do is focus on building the infrastructure of my business. And then maybe later this year, hiring a new coach to, or going back to one of my old coaches, but just what I really want to do right now is spend my money on building the infrastructure of the platform so that I can, it's not all just me and that whatever I, I don't know, how do I put it? I I hope you know what I'm trying to say. Like whenever I do decide to bring on a coach, like it's not, it's not just me that's going to be working on the business. Like I can invest that money on myself and my personal growth as an entrepreneur, still knowing that other people are working on the business. And, you know, I've had my podcast editor who's listening to this and I love you and you're amazing. And I've had a VA, uh, Danica is back. She's been with me a long time. And I just, I have them and I know that it's not just me that has to do these things, but it's still like, you know, the more people that I can bring on that I can trust to work, I don't know, work the program, I guess, and make it happen is all the better for me. So that's why I've decided to bring on a publicist this year. And to be entirely transparent, the thought of having a publicist always feels a little gratuitous to me, which is maybe another reason that I've had such hesitation to do it. Like, do I really have something to say that is worth having somebody go out and pitch my story for. And I've gotten better at deciding that, yes, I do have something to say than I was when I was younger, but it still feels a little gratuitous, doesn't it? Like a little self-involved and self-congratulatory. So maybe it's best that that's another reason I have someone else doing it instead of me, because it just feels weird to talk about who I am and what I've done and be so rah-rah about it and not just being self-deprecating. It's it's a very odd feeling. Lastly, (laughs) and I'm laughing because this is another one that it's just like, you know this, you know this, and you've never done it. 
And that is to stick to a budget. I, oh my God, I am so terrible at budgeting. I am. I've, you know, I use Mint, QuickBooks, bookkeeping, all of that stuff. Like I, I have a set, I have a set budget of what I'm willing to spend every year. And I go over that all the time. I just, I have such shiny object syndrome and FOMO and just, I suck at sticking to a budget. So what I'm doing this year is making sure my budget is more top of mind, especially when I'm investing in apps or services. That is just one of the places where I get scary dangerous with my credit card and thinking like, oh, this will be great. This will be a fantastic thing to use. And then I never use it. And then I just wasted so much money. So I'm sticking to a better budget this year of shiny object purchases and allowances, I guess you can say. So (laughs) proud to say that in January, I did not go over my budget. I was actually $20 under the allotted budget that I've given myself for apps and services. But it's still like, I, I really have to work better on just keeping track of my money and keeping track of where the money's going. I have subscribed to stuff that I sometimes use and I sometimes don't use. And I've really got to shit or get off the pot with these kind of things. Like, am I willing to keep investing in this thing? If I'm not using it, why am I throwing this money away? So that's been one of the things that I've been really thinking about as well. Just making sure that I'm doing the best things possible for my business and not letting ego or FOMO or any of the other O's drive the business because how am I ever going to be more profitable if I'm treating it like this, I don't know, this hobby. You know, there was something that I heard And again, this is one of the things I've heard, of course, hundreds of times and believed, but never actually thought hard critically about, I should say. And that is, if your business isn't generating the profit, it's not a business, it's a hobby. And that is some tough love that you have to give people, myself included. Is it generating enough of a profit for it to be considered a business? Or am I just kind of throwing money away for shits and giggles? And that has been something that has been in my head hard these past couple of months. You know, I talk to a lot of people on the podcast about uh, finances and debt and how debt can be utilized. And you'll hear these stories from other entrepreneurs about how they were kind of blasé about their debt or they considered it not bad debt, just, you know, um, loans from startup loans, infusions, whatever you want to call it. And I agree with that to some extent, but I think that when you become an entrepreneur, if you don't have a good sense of fiscal responsibility, then it can really become a a mountain that just, that buries you. And it's a very slippery slope to run a business when you're you're in the startup phase and you're not generating enough profit. I have seen a lot of my clients, unfortunately, 
take the phrase, you've got to spend money to make money and just run with it. And I think that it's really hard to be fiscally conservative when you have feelings of, I need to grow fast and I need to grow now and I need to make money now. So if this, maybe this will help. So I'm just going to throw money on this and see if that works. And it's a slippery slope. And it's one that I too was really dangerously uh, drinking the Kool-Aid about. So it's just something that I've been worried about. I've been worried about letting myself utilize debt or, I don't know, the option of debt as a stopgap instead of focusing more on generating profit. So that's just been another thing that's been in my, I don't know, in my wish list of things that Megan would have a come to Jesus about this year. And so budgeting, sourcing a publicist and losing the ego and making sure that what I know I know is implemented. And those are the three things that I'm really worried about and really focusing hard on this year. But I would love to hear what you are focusing hard on because it just interests me. It interests me to see how you are running your business and if it is something that I should be doing too, to be totally transparent. So help me and I'll help you. So if you want, shoot me a DM on Instagram at stop sucking at business and let me know what you're working on this quarter or this year, what kind of personal goals you have for your business. And if any of these are resonating with you, I'd love to hear about that. And in the meantime, stick around because the next couple of weeks, oh my God, these talks are going to be so good. I have brought on entrepreneurs who are so inspirational, motivational, freaking driven. Like it's, you're going to hear these and you're going to want to turn them off and go work on your business. They are so good. And I am so excited for you to hear them. So stick around because these are going to knock your socks off through February, but keep your socks on because it's freaking cold out and you need to keep your toes warm. Is that the way I'm going to end this episode? I guess it is. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Have a fantastic week. Hey guys, Megan here. One thing before you go, I would love to answer your questions on the next Q&A episode. All you have to do is go to meganbream.com slash askmegan and you'll be redirected to a site to leave your questions for me and hopefully get on the next episode. I do them once a month and I am excited to hear your questions and hopefully help you guys out. Again, it's meganbream.com slash askmegan. I'll talk to you guys soon. On the next episode, we we would copy and paste that into the CRM, but we thought like, oh, software could do that. Why doesn't it? Um, it could actually auto create the people that we were in touch with, so that we not like like otherwise each time you meet someone at a company, you need to have the reflex, oh, this person's not in the CRM yet. Let me add him. Um, CRM can actually do that for you and suggest like, hey, you want to add this person? I'm like, sure. Um, the same with meetings in the calendar, like you have a meeting and then you go into CRM, those meeting, uh, phone calls, stuff in company databases can be pulled in, 
uh, email tracking and web tracking can be integrated. You know, a whole lot of things sit in all kinds of different systems, not really connected, and actually should be in the CRM so that they're all of the things you would normally track manually are, are inputted automatically, and you have this one view there together um, that then helps you always know what you last discussed, when you need to follow up again, and all these kind of things, like give you an overview of everything uh, without having to put too much work into it. And that's uh, now seven years ago almost. Uh, we started building Salesflare. It took us a while to build it first and <laughs> to get customers. And <laughs> but now we, we're here and uh, we have uh, over 2,000 uh, companies using our software right now actively um, and, and still building that out. That's fantastic. So when did you decide that, okay, Salesflare is um, an 